Hello everybody, welcome along to the first ever PFAS podcast. Um, started a new programme where we're going to interview some, some of the people who work in sport in Glasgow and across the country and find out a bit about them. Now my first two guests are Andrea Robertson and Johnny Penman to the Female PE League Officer team in Glasgow. How are you guys? You all good? Yeah, all good. good. Steven. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, just to find out a bit more about you guys and sort of what your role is in the city. So um, straight off the bat, how did you get involved in the people? So what what was the sort of what brought you there? So tell us a bit about your previous sort of background, your career, and your studying to get you to where you are just now. Andrew, you can go first. It might be a bit longer than mine. It certainly will, Joni. It certainly <laughs> will. Um, sporting background is really, really wide. Um, gosh, I, I was just saying to Stephen, I was in, at school in the 70s, so there wasn't a huge... Normally, there wouldn't be a huge amount of um, different sports going on, but I was very, very fortunate. Um, I went to Bells Hill Academy, um, and I, we had an amazing uh, PE department um, PE department there. And I actually had this conversation with Johnny yesterday. Um, he was laughing. Um, the type of sports that we were introduced to because of the expertise that we had in this, the school, we had fencing on the curriculum. We had a ski club that ran every second week during the season. We did sailing because Strathclyde Park had just been um, developed. Uh, I also included some windsurfing. Um, we were the, one of the first schools in the, that would have been North Lanarkshire to get trampolines. Um, and we had uh, also one of our particular members of staff was um, a volleyball player and volleyball was just in its infancy um, in the early 70s. So I regard myself as being incredibly lucky um, to have a PE department like, like we did. I was into just about everything you could imagine. Um, if I had to go back even further, dancing was a huge influence on my life. Um, swimming was part of a swimming club, swimming team. Is this, back, is this back further than the 70s? This is, this is back further than the 70s, Johnny, you shut up. So they invented the wheel? Um, they did, they did. Well, actually cycling, my dad was a competitive <laughs> cyclist, so the wheel comes into it there. Um, yeah, um, I was, through my dad, through my school, I was immersed in sport, um, and that's kind of at what the point I decided that that was a type of career I wanted to have. So I went off to Dunfermline College of Physical Education and did a degree in Human Movement Studies, and the rest is history. And that PE teacher. So and I became a PE teacher, secondary uh, PE teacher. I mean, and just in terms of your, your going back to your school stuff, the amount of clubs was was that normal in terms of that, or was that just you were very lucky that there are no clubs in the country going in? We had the normal clubs. I mean, I played hockey on very cold, wet um, Saturday mornings. We had netball clubs. I played um, for school as far as netball. But I, I definitely regard myself as really lucky 
um, in the variety of sport. I mean, the knock-on for that is I've always said, I, I remember this um, quite well when I was doing in secondary school and I was talking to parents at parents' night and they would say, oh, my son or my daughter, oh, they're just not sporty. And my answer to that is, well, maybe they haven't found the sport that they like. Mm -hmm. There's a sport out there for just about everyone. It might not be the traditional types of sports that the majority of schools curricular-wise offer, but as we all know in the team, there are so many different opportunities and sports that children can, can get into and young people can get into. Um, and I think well, even back then, I was incredibly lucky. I mean, I still ski. Um, and I, le I was learning to ski when I was 12, 13 through school. Yeah, do you ever go to fencing? Did you like the fencing? All I've done it once. Um, what I didn't like was the fact that there was only two people working, you know, kind of doing it at the same time. So you maybe got two wee shots at it right. during a lesson. So um, it was an experience more than anything. I wouldn't have said it encouraged me to take it up, well, except to, you know, maybe defend myself against mm -hmm. the other lead officers. But no, apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny of Sandria was saying she was at school in the 70s, so back in the 50s, what was it like for you? Fifties, half fifties, you young buck. <laughs> what was uh, it? No, I was I was very lucky again. I had a great PE department, but we were kind of into like the traditional types of sports. Um, but our school was also very big on volleyball. Um, but at the weekends and after school, I, I played rugby, and they didn't play that at my school. So it was good to I had I had friends and interests away from from school as well, and I played tennis as well. So rugby and tennis were my big things out of school, and then I would play for like school teams and stuff like that while I was in school. On leaving school, um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a PE teacher, um, and I managed to get into Murray House College through in Edinburgh, yeah. and I did my my stint at Murray House, and then. Four days after graduation, I was out working in Hong Kong. I was out working in Hong Kong for three years. And then back to Glasgow Uni. Uh, I worked at Glasgow Uni for seven years. And then out to Dubai to do physical education again in, out in Dubai. And then back to Glasgow and managed to become part of the... It was a peripatetic PE team that was there at, at that point in time. Um, and then with the peripatetic PE team kind of got, why is the nice way of putting this? Shelved, disbanded, moved on. And you met me. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was an opportunity that had come up through Sports Scotland and Education Scotland to become PE lead officers. And uh, Andrea and I both applied for um, the PE lead officer role and we're, success we're successful in that, and we've been we've been doing that role for the last few years now, um, which has been fantastic. So that's been my kind of multinational background. You know, there. So in, when you're in Hong Kong for, did you say that was seven years? Three years. Three years. Three years. So was that just again PE teaching, but was it in a? I did. I, I did bits of it in um, an international school. Right. But also worked for a, a private PE stroke coaching company out there, right. and I did a lot of work with them as well. 
Um, and then it was it was time to come home after that. But it was it was three fantastic years out there working, playing rugby, um, and just meeting amazing people. And how did you find sport in terms of in their sort of curriculum to, compared to when you came back to, to Scotland? Was it as big over there? Was it bigger over there? You have to create everything yourself, mostly out there. Okay. Um, support within the school, but it's a lot harder to get, or it was at that time, it was a lot harder to get external people in. Um, it's, it's much easier um, to get you know, people in in the UK because they, they're a train ride away or, you know, they're a car journey away. They're not 20,000 miles away. Yeah. Um, so, but you, what you do pick up, you pick up loads of stuff from inter other international teachers, right. which is fabulous because they've had a different experience when they've been at college and learning different techniques and you've had your experiences and you, you end up a better person for it, a better teacher for it. So again, you came back. You came back, and then you've been a PE teacher here, and then you've done the the sort of the, the PE role before the PE lead officer. What attracted you to that PE lead officer role? What made you decide from going from PE teaching in terms of maybe a secondary school setting into the PE role, the PE lead officer role? I think. Well, my, I think... My, sorry, Johnny. My route to PE lead officer was a bit more traditional. Right. A wee bit different to Johnny's. When I came out of college, um, I went into secondary and I was in secondary for 26 years. Um, did, I can't start to tell you the amount of stuff that I did in secondary. One of the highlights I would say was piloting the hire when it first was, um, the decision was made for qualifications to come into physical education. Um, I was involved in writing units for what was the old standard grade, which is now intermediates. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they launched the hire, the possibility of a hire, and I was involved in the piloting of that. So um, that was that was tremendous to be able to do that. I then was a, a hire marker for 10 years right. as part of the, the development from that um, and did, I was a moderator as well. Um, and once you've you've got to that kind of stage, you're still looking for something else and something else. And in my infinite wisdom, I decided that, do you know, I'd like to see, everybody complains that the children are in the PE departments quite often. They, they, they were complaining that the kids, when they come up from primary, were not, they didn't have the skills to do what the secondaries wanted them to do. So I thought, right, I'm going to go back to grassroots. So I got the opportunity to become part of the primary PE team through mm -hmm. Andrea and other people that I knew. So I went from one, it was over a summer holiday. I went from working with, you know, um, S6, S5 pupils on higher programs to working with primary ones mm -hmm. come August. And let me tell you, it was a baptism of fire. Honestly, I was like these VP ones crawling about your legs. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, from there worked in various schools, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. But what actually happened was, I think Johnny said, the authority made the decision 
that rather than having a PE team for schools to buy into, that Education Scotland had come along with some funding and they felt that almost staff tutors right. would be an alternative um, to buying in a PE teacher for, you know, the schools had to use their own funding for that. And the jobs came you know, the jobs came about via Education Scotland and it was just, it's, an, it's another stage, it's another step, it's something different, it's something that you have the skills to do um, and it's another challenge. Uh, and as you get on in your career, remember, Stephen, I've been teaching for 39 years. Um, yeah. When you, you know, you've, you've done lots of things in your career and you're given the opportunity to, to do something different and to use your skill set in a slightly different way it's really you know it's it's a great it's a great opportunity to take or to have um don't get me wrong the interviews were absolutely horrendous it was oh, stomach churning sitting yeah. in interviews but um yeah it was um a fantastic opportunity um and as johnny says nine years now this is our ninth year as lead officers so yeah a, diff a different challenge for you as well going a, a lot different um, Johnny, obviously your, your route was slightly different. So how did you find sort of taking it on at first? Were you quite comfortable almost? Not comfortable, but... It was, a, it was a different... It was a different way of working because you're used to just being at the chalk face all the time. But now you have to have a little bit more... I'm talking to, you know, head teachers and people in Education Scotland on a level footing... Now, so you, you have to get comfortable with that. Uh, and as long as you've got your, all your ducks in a row and you, you're well prepared, you know, these conversations can be a lot easier than you first thought they would be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely, you know, I loved it being part of creating something that solves problems for other people. Because um, not everybody's a PE person. Some people or some teachers, you know, dislike it because maybe they've had poor experiences of it or they haven't had a lot of training in it and you need to go and solve a problem for these people and the amount of people that myself Andrea David Alison you know when she was in the team as well amount of people that we've turned around who enjoy teaching PE now and now have got they have passed these benefits that they're getting onto all the pupils that they're teaching in Glasgow it's huge yeah, no, definitely. It's a big, big impact. And it, it, it's funny when you speak to teachers in the school and they, they know the work you do, but when you're, when I'm speaking to them personally and I'm speaking about you guys, they know you and they know it's great. We've learned this from them, we've learned that from them as well. So it's like, it's, I don't want to put you away up in a, a pedestal here, but it's like you're, you're almost a PE role model for teachers to come in and learn from you guys, which is amazing. Um, I know he's not here today as well, but David Weird, obviously, is the other member of the PE lead officer team. He's not in, he's not feeling too great just now. But in terms of his role, he came in from a sort of primary school teacher role. Am I right in saying that? So how did that... He, he brought um, a completely different perspective to us. Both Johnny yeah. and I, although our, our route has been slightly different, we've come from a secondary trained background have worked as a primary PE specialist um, for, for many years, but David's, David is a, a primary trained teacher with a PE specialism, right. which is 
different. Um, and it's to get that 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 different perspective on what we're doing. Um, again, it's all about learning, and we bring all our own talents to the team mm-hmm. in, in different ways. Um, I've learned so much from David because of, you know, he has a slightly different background. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, every day is a learning day. You know, you, you can always improve. You can always get better. You can always learn more, no matter who it's from. I mean, I learn stuff from the teachers I'm working with all the time. And I maybe use that um, as I move forward with what I'm doing. But yeah, it's we're, we're all very different, but we all have specialisms. But we gel well as a team, which um, which is brilliant. It's really good. I was just going to say that. Obviously, it's the three of you, and I know like, wider you're part of the PFAS team, but the three of you guys are all doing the same job. So you'll be working really closely together. So do you, do you find that, that sort of, it's a good combination? Do you do a lot of stuff together? Or is it sort of you have your own schools, but you do the same job and you meet up every so often? Yeah, we have a Wednesday as our admin at the moment. Even in the past, we've always had a point in time in which we, we meet up. The The actual model that we use, um, it's changed ever so slightly over the time of being lead officers, but we all work from the same model. Um, we do the same job, but we have autonomy. We, we're able to go in and use our own strengths to, to do what we are are doing. I mean, I teach very differently from Johnny. Johnny teaches very differently from David, and that's a good thing because, yeah. we, as I say, we all bring um, uh, different qualities um, to our team. But yes, there is a we work. Uh, the model is the same for all of us. Um, so you, you have your set schools, and we come together and we we chat or we compare or we ask advice of each other, which is something that I really value. Um, is being able to have the, you know, to say to the guys, oh, this happened, how would you um, sort that out? You know, we're, we're all quite open with each other um, and, and quite happy to ask for help or ask for advice, which is, which is great. It's a small team, but um, yeah, I think we definitely uh, kind of are able to knock things off each other and, and, yeah. and get new ideas and, and steal Johnny's ideas sometimes, maybe. <laughs> one or two, one or two. One or two. <laughs> I think our, our strengths is that all our strengths are different. Yeah. You know, and that gives you a broad range from which to, you know, to help the full staff population in Glasgow. You know, because there's a wide, diverse range of staff in Glasgow with different abilities and different needs. And it's our job to use our program to help facilitate their needs. Yeah, definitely. No, and I think it is. I think across the city, it's very, very valued. And for me personally, I've been on and seen some of the stuff that you've done as well. And for me, it's everything. Everything that you say, I'm just like, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Um, it's great. So, in terms of, I was saying earlier, but sort of, you guys are maybe some of the people, the tiny teachers and they'll look at you sort of role models and stuff. When you were growing up, was there any role models that you had in terms, might have been a teacher, or might have actually just been a sports sportsman or sportswoman that you looked up to? I'll go, Johnny, I'll go you first, because Andreas looks like she's staying. <laughs> um, growing up, 
Um, first of all, my my two um, secondary PE teachers at Wood Farm High School. Um, they were a big influence on me. Um, my my family, obviously, my mum my and dad. My dad being very um, sporty and athletic, that was a big influence on me. As when it comes to like sports stars, I was a massive fan of Daley Thompson. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone remembers him from like the ZX Spectrum game where you had to hit the keys and stuff like that. But the um, I was a huge Daley Thompson fan, and I remember writing in primary and secondary school you had to do newspaper articles or whatever. Most of mine would be on on Daley Thompson. <laughs> um, I just thought he kind of epitomised what um, was good about you know sport and. And be a good person and a good human being and that kind of stuff. Were you into athletics as well? Were you quite? I know you said you played rugby, but were you into athletics or was it just the fact that it was just so sort of? I was. Um, I was a sprinter. I did some sprinting for Shettleston Harriers and Bella Houston Harriers when I was younger, um, and I was I, I competed for the school in sprinting as well. Um, but it wasn't my, it wasn't my first choice. My first choice was all either was rugby or tennis or or volleyball at, at my school as well. Um, but yeah, so I did some athletics. Obviously, not the high jump or anything like that. And was Alan McGuire still your coach at Shepherds and Harriers? Was he still about then, or was he competing? Uh, the he guy was- who took me when I was at Shepherds and Harriers was a guy called Alec Naylor, oh, yeah, okay. who's, who's no longer with us. Right. Um, and he was quite well known in the in the, in the Shettles and Harrier Harrier folklore. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just thinking Alex been about for that long. But maybe we see when Johnny was running as well. Um, Andrea, what about you? What about your sort of key influencers? Yeah. Um, probably um, my dad. He used to say I was the son he never had because oh. he taught me how to swim. Um, we did cycling. He was he went to anything that I was involved in that he could come to. Um, but I think like most, well, there's an awful lot of PE teachers that you'll talk to who will say that their PE department there in their school was one of the one of the biggest influencers. Um, you know, as I said right at the beginning about all the opportunities I had, um, unbelievable commitment from the staff. And at that point in time, um, you know, there were so many clubs ran, you wouldn't believe, um, prior to the strikes in the 80s, where all after school clubs, all extracurricular was, it just stopped. Um, there were clubs for, oh, crumbs, all the time. You could be, you could be at three clubs every school night um, and weekends. Um, and that was kind of the norm. So again, those opportunities, but quite funnily, um, at college, I very much got involved with um, the, the fitness kind of um, explosion at that point in time. And one of the, the role models for me was Jane Fonda. Um, you know, and all the, the sort of the exercise classes type okay. idea. And I actually, uh, at my job, I, started doing exercise classes and I used to do 11 11, uh, hour sessions a week different um, aerobics classes and what that did was it funded me through 
through college and beyond. Yeah. Um, I didn't stop taking the classes, um, that type of thing, step, cardio. Um, I didn't stop doing that until my our second daughter was born. So right through from the early 80s to the mid 90s, I did, um, I was involved in fitness classes uh, every one, week. One so I think that, that a lot of that came from my dance background because um, I went to Bali when right. I was young. Um, I didn't stop that until I was about 15, 16. So that, I've got quite a big dance background, which has remained with me. Yeah. Um, uh, volleyball, again, was massive uh, in our school. And I always, I, we, I played for the school team. We won lots of Lanarkshire Cups and Trophies. And I continued to play volleyball, National League volleyball, again, right up until, um, oh, gosh, mid to late 90s. So and um, that was that was my sport. What what I'm going to ask, what stopped you in the nineties with the volleyball? What was it? Was it just your? Um, I don't know how I don't know how truthful I need to be here. Um, my husband, that's how I met him. Um, is an international volleyball player. Okay. Um, he's got seventy, nearly eighty caps. Um, and his commitment was had to be. Um, really high when you're playing national team yeah. and when you've got two children and a house to run and a career to you know to kind of work with some things have to give yeah. um, and at that point in time the team was kind of falling away and we were really struggling for new new members etc and the club actually folded wow. so I kind of took that opportunity just to Okay, that's that's that side of things um, going. I mean, I, I could have went to another club, but, but at that point in my life, it was that's oh. what um, I chose um, to do. Still miss the competitive side of things. I've got to say, I mean, I do do a lot of stuff, but the, there's a little bit of you never the competition. If you're a competitive person, I don't mm. think that competitiveness leaves you. Um, um, ever <laughs> yeah. so don't challenge do me anything <laughs> do, you, do you ever think about Johnny you as well obviously I know you were saying you, you played a lot of volleyball as well so look do you ever think about maybe I don't know try to get back into it but I don't I, 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 so I little volleyball unfortunately is a minority sport and like mm -hmm. many minority sports there's very little funding there's very little links with schools I mean, if you look at across Glasgow, the only schools that do volleyball have the clientele in their schools. Yeah. You know, um, it's, there's, I mean, there are development officers for volleyball, but, you know, you've got one development officer for massive, massive areas. Mm. Um, yes, you could seek it out. Absolutely, you could seek it out. But other things come into your life and go in your life. Um, but it's not out with the realms of possibility. <laughs> I'll answer that question dead easily. No. No. <laughs> no. Well, I thought I could see a comeback coming there. I thought I could see Johnny getting back on the court. I'll play play in a bounce game, but that's it. Just too much too much time doing other, other stuff now. Uh, I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come to that because I know that you're very... I'm just leading you in there nicely. 
So I, I was actually, you know, I was just about to say the next point I was going to ask is sort of what is it you do now to keep active? So obviously you're working. I know when in your job you're on your feet sort of all day, but in terms of sport, do you do anything just now to keep yourself active? Like in the party a team or anything along that sort of line now? I know you were saying it used to be, but anything now at all, Johnny? For me, um, I've got into CrossFit type activities. Okay. And I, I've always been a big kind of fitness kind of enthusiast. So um, I kind of like a different way of, of working out. Um, I'm not doing it as a, a club or a team, but I do write my own programming and yeah. stuff like that. And over lockdown, my garage has become my gym and, and things like that. So that type of that type of fitness, uh, I've got I've got really really into. Um, recently bought a mountain bike, so oh, yeah. I'm up at um, I'm going to be up Cathkin Braes. I'm going to be up the wind farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, these types of things. Um, and at the weekends, I was actually teaching a, a kids weightlifting class um, at one of the the gyms in Hillington called Commando Exfit. Right. Um, so that's kept my hand in with with that type of that type of stuff. But I'm not playing any team sport and stuff like that at the moment. So are you, are you going to continue the CrossFit in your gym? Or are you going to go back to the sort of because I know obviously Natalie and our, our team as well. She's big in the CrossFit. I know you two guys talk a bit about it, but. It's quite a social thing, isn't it? Like when it comes to like competitions and stuff. It can of- be. I'm not. I'm not taking it as um, as seriously as that. So I'm just doing it for. Can I hear? I'm just doing it as a, a health and fitness kind of benefit thing at the moment because I tend to go to the gym uh, before work, um, and the CrossFit gym in Glasgow just doesn't suit where I'm working. So I'm just kind of doing it solo at the moment. But you meet the same guys every morning. Ah, right, okay. You work together with the same guys every morning because it's the same people that are there, all these things. So when the gym opens up again um, properly, um, hopefully the same guys will be there <laughs> and we'll kind of pick up from where we left off. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, Andrea, what about you? What are you doing now? I know you're saying dance and sort of... Loads of member of a gym, the fitness instructor's been doing the classes over um, Facebook classes. Okay. So loads of, loads of stuff like that. Um, got two huge dogs, walk them all the time. But I'm actually a member of an amateur dramatic group. Um, okay. And I'm one, of the, I'm one of the dancers in that. So okay. when we're, we're actually doing shows, you are, you, you're doing extra um, sort of, extra nights where the the dancers get together and they do you know you're training for that and you're learning all the um the dances to put on the show and and that is very sociable (laughs) extremely sociable um but also you could say that you're a team you're part of a team as well um it might not be in the competitive sense but um it's definitely you don't want to let anybody down you want to make sure you get to all rehearsals you want to make sure you know your steps um so that you can put on a good production at the end of it so yeah um lots of things but not not in the the traditional team sense um of the word yeah is that um has that been quite effective for the the pandemic has that been oh gosh yes absolutely these are all things that we'll go back to yeah Um, 
absolutely. But we haven't had a production for two years now. Um, we were supposed to do nine to five last October. We were going to do it this October, but now there's not time to rehearse. Right. Uh, we can't, and we can't get into um, rehearsal spaces. So it's probably going to get put off for another year. But never mind. I know, I know. At, at least you, I suppose you've got the thought of going back to have you? you know, that it's yeah. going to be there when then hopefully yeah. it'll be actually it was there. The, the one the one thing that has come into our life that I didn't know anything about um, is uh, bodybuilding. Um, our youngest daughter is um, currently the UK champion. Oh, okay. Um, bikini feet, bi bikini and bikini athlete, uh, PCA association. Right. So she, um, following her training, all her, you know, everything that she has to do for that, she's got a, a world competition in November. So she's uh, training for that. So learning about new sports is quite interesting. I didn't really know anything about that at all. Um, so she gets lots it's of similar, Yeah, similar to, to her. To us, like we're, Andrea was talking about minority sports earlier on. My youngest son uh, represented the UK in speed stacking, cup stacking. All right. Okay. Which is a crazy fast twitch sport. You get 12 cups and you have to stack them in certain um, sequences and things like that. You, you got to see this thing. It's, it's a blur. It's uh -huh. an absolute blur. So we had the we had the British well no, the World Championships um, the first week of the Easter holidays, and he was online on Zoom, part of the UK team, going head to head against people in Norway and Germany and all that kind of stuff. That so right, I, I need to I need to ask now. I was going to ask about the bodybuilding as well in terms of how your daughter got into that, but I need to ask how did how did your boy get into speed stacking? Was it just something that he just had a talent for? But realized or I don't know um I think he saw something at school and then he saw something on TV and then researched it online and all that kind of stuff and then we ended up buying his first set of cups and then another set of cups and then timers and mats and you know then we managed there's a there was an association in the UK uh, we got in contact with them and the, we managed to host the first um, Scottish Championships ever about four years ago. Um, we managed to get to the school in East Wren and people came from all over the UK up to um, one of the high schools in East Wren because we'd managed to put on a Scottish, a Scottish Open tournament and we've been down to Sheffield and Birmingham and places like that doing stacking cups. Wow. I, 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 I didn't know that. I, that's... I didn't know that at all. I didn't know that was a, a competitive thing either. So I think that, a, that's a conversation. For, I'm, I need to have a conversation with you about that another day. The guy, the guy who runs it, Jeremy Simmons, he would come up and he would do sessions in schools and things like that. So we can uh, we can set up a, a once we're allowed to, we can set up a like a, a Glasgow roadshow of speed stacking. Definitely, I'll get me invited. Get me invited to that. I want to see that. That's that's right up my street. And um, Andrea, obviously, you've you've been involved in sport for a long time. So did that influence your daughter a lot, or was it just something that she? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. When I was playing um, league games, <laughs> when I was on the court playing league games, 
the substitutes were holding their two kids. So um, they were literally born, almost born into sport. Um, and we tried to give them, like look, many parents, you know, we tried to let them experience so many different um, possibilities. Our older daughter, she was a, a gymnast and trampolinist. Um, and then she went into athletics and she did uh, short distances for um, Lanarkshire. And then she went to uni and it all went downhill from there. Um, the younger, younger daughter, she's the one that stayed with um, sport, but she's she's a gymnast. She was a, a very successful sports acrobatic gymnast. Yeah. Um, did superbly well. But as you get older in gymnastics, gymnast, gymnasts, a gymnast's life is quite quite a short one, especially if you're at a high level. And the, it was the usual kind of uh, injuries and things mm. like that. But she was also enjoyed the gym a lot. And the two together, she was a, well, she started off as a top, as a, an, a sports acro gymnast and became a base and actually preferred being the base. Mm. So she was doing quite a lot of weight training to, you know, her and her, her, her partner, they were in a trio. Um, and just one thing led on to another and, she did a bit more about a weightlifting, bodybuilding type stuff, and the rest's history. She's Scot she was Scottish champion, became British champion, was supposed to, she was second in the world. Um, then lockdown happened, and she's obviously, because she's current UK champion, she automatically gets uh, into the worlds this year which she should go ahead. But yeah, it's, she's, um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but she's, she's very good at it, obviously. Um, and we support her in every way we can. So, but she's actually in Dubai. She's not here. Well, okay. she in Dubai. She's a PT and a sports nutritionist in Dubai. Wow. Wow, amazing. Do you know what? I actually feel now for I'm going to move on to talk about work. I don't even want to talk about the work. <laughs> about um, right, so with, you briefly mentioned sort of about the peeling role, about how it's a bit more of a, your, your sort of training up. It's sort of a trainer role. So just if you if you can explain your role a little bit more in the background behind it in terms of maybe even so much as why it got introduced in Glasgow and if there's anything similar across the country so if you can just talk a wee bit about the role itself. Well the role actually started off as we said by Education Scotland and there were lead officers in every authority okay. partly funded by Education Scotland and we had lots of training weekends. Um, remember them Johnny? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. Lots of training weekends at places like Inverclyde um, with like-minded people, people from a very similar background to yourself. Um, absolutely. I mean, the best training we could have done was to be together with like-minded people. Um, we fed off each other. And it's, again, it's like being in our small team, except this was a, a much, much bigger team. And everybody brought different levels of expertise. Um, it, that Those three years with Education Scotland were um, incre incredible for your own personal development. Um, 
it was um, I thoroughly enjoyed um, you know that kind of learning curve uh, while we were um, doing all the different training. It was it was excellent. So we all had a kind of um, national remit rather than a local remit, um, and the, the national remit was to upskill primary teachers. Well, teachers because there were secondary lead officers at that point in time, but. Johnny and I and Alison at that time, our main um, audience was the primary sector because there, there definitely was a gap. Um, quite often, well, we quite often discuss this, but one of the main reasons for the gap is that some universities, not all, some universities don't prioritise the development of physical education at primary level when actually PE is, PE and RE are the only two subjects on the curriculum which are compulsory. So for a compulsory subject, some universities gave very, very little training. So the teachers were coming out of um, university and only had maybe a half a day's training a year, mm. and it might have been elective. Mm. So their experience, as Johnny mentioned earlier on, could have been a bad experience they'd had at school. Um, and that was what they were basing their planning um, and delivery of high quality physical education on. And to be honest, that's not really very fair to the, to the teacher. So we were, what our job was, was to, to, to train them, to go in and support them, to give them um, resources to model um, and give them anything they required from us as um, a support mechanism. So that was kind of the start of it. Um, Johnny, you want to carry on? Yeah, um, the funding for that then ran out and certain authorities did away with their PE lead officers, which was such a shame. But Glasgow, being forward thinking, kept the PE lead officers on. Um, it then changed to a slightly different funding stream and the PILO role then became part of the Glasgow Improvement Challenge. And that's where we're looking at closing the poverty-related attainment gap. And with the research that we had done as a team, we knew that if we could improve the physical literacy of the young people in Glasgow, then their ability to learn improved. So we, were, we, we took on this physical literacy role through our PE lead officers. Um, PE lead officer job and we were looking at targeted schools and we would go into the, the targeted schools and say look here's the relationship between movement and learning here's how you do it through PE here's resources that might be helpful to you here's um, learning that we can put on for your staff we'll do it we'll make it as bespoke as we can so it'll be in your school with your children with your equipment, you're not going to get much more or more intense than that, or you're not going to get anything that's maybe better than that from maybe just going to a course once a week. We're in your school with your children, in your establishment. Here's how we can we can support you to bring on the next best learners that we can, as opposed to like the next best footballers that we can. Yeah. We also worked with the, the Ventures, um, that part of the programme, we worked with Peak, um, Geely and Fair. So their programme and our programme ran parallel in the schools. 
So yeah. there was development of physical literacy through play and there was development of physical literacy and learning through physical education. So we, we, we worked in partnership um, with them and it, the targeted groups were SIMD 1 and 2 um, because the, the, the poverty, the, the, the attainment gap was greatest, obviously, um, in SIMD um, 1 and 2. So there were quite, I mean, we did have boundaries. We did have um, a, a kind of model to work, to work from again. Um, that's continued. Um, we don't work quite so closely with the ventures. And the um, initially we were working with primaries uh, one and two, and sometimes a three, depending on the size of the school. So we had quite a specific audience um, to work with and a set of teachers to work with. The last two years that has expanded and we're working across the schools. But throughout the time that we've been lead officers, another one of the main things we've done is offer them um, CPD across the city. Mm -hmm. So there's been loads of stuff going up on CPD manager, um, lots of courses after school, um, conferences. We've done several conferences, Saturday morning conferences. We've really tried to offer as much as we can think of that would upskill and develop our teachers so that they can then influence the learners that they have in front of them. So that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. So in terms of personally, what's your sort of, what do you love about the job just now? Obviously it's involved in sport, but what's your sort of, what, what motivates you to keep going? What do you enjoy so much about it? Working with Johnny Penman. Work every day and I don't get to see him anywhere near as much as you. <laughs> That's why your life isn't as full and rich, Stephen. <laughs> oh, God. Um, For me, it's about every school has a unique problem to solve. And you go in there and you have to analyse what it is that you can do, what they need, and everything will be bespoke to that school. That's one of the reasons I really... I still love it. I still love doing what I do and I'm still learning because every school is different and you'll get different learning. As a teacher, I'll get different learning opportunities from being in lots of different establishments and I can take them and I can apply these in, in different situations if I need be. Um, but I love, I love the variety. I love that I'm still learning um, and I love seeing the impact that we make on staff and pupils um, and sometimes a whole school ethos might change, um, so that's a kind of that's a big a big thing that I like about it. I think overall, Stephen, it's exactly what Johnny says. But there's a massive, massive sense of satisfaction to walk out of a school and feel that you've you, you've made a difference. That you know you've there's been some impact. Um, and you can only do that by, you know, exactly what Johnny says. Tailor it to the people, to the to the staff you have in front of you. Tailor it to the school. Tailor it to the children. And being able to do that can at times be very challenging. Um, but you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll never get everybody on your side. But I would say that the majority of people, um, when we get our evaluation sheets back. Um, have you know what they put on it is 
maybe they're lying right enough, but everything they put on it is very, very positive. And if you can walk away from that saying, you know, I've had, you know, I've had a real impact there. Um, the, the proof is in the, the pudding. When you go back to a school, um, are they still using the resources you've put in? Are they still signing up for you know, more CPD in the evening? So obviously the data and the statistics kind of um, are really important to us. Um, and it's, and it's, it's good to be able to, to stand back and say, all oh, right, okay, we've, um, we've set that school on a journey um, and they want to continue their journey with us. Um, and that's a huge sense of satisfaction. And do you find there's quite, I think I know the answer to this, do you find there's quite a lot of schools that you have got that sort of relationship with where you've got a really strong, not just in terms of the P League also role now, but it's a fact that you know the, you know the staff that well because you took it on so much, you know the kids because you took it on so much? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Totally. And obviously, everything's, been, everything's mostly very positive, but have you came across any challenges? Has there been any times where you've went, actually, oh, that didn't go well, or I don't know if they've bought into that, or we shouldn't have done this and done that? Has there been any challenges in the role over the past nine years that you can think of? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything specific, but sometimes... I like working with people who don't like PE. Right. Because the ones that like PE, they've already bought into what you're selling. Mm-hmm. But I like working with people who don't like teaching PE to see if I can get a change in mindset, to see if I can get a change in the, the way they teach, to see if I can get a, a better result for some of the children that they're working with. And a lot of times you do, but, but sometimes it takes longer Okay, I'm not going to say I'm never going to have an impact on, on somebody. I think everybody has an impact on everybody. But um, sometimes it might take longer with certain people because of certain circumstances. So, and and that, can be, that can be challenging. It can always be challenging if, if teachers are off and you're meant to be, you know, working with a teacher. But unfortunately, for some reason, they can't be there for X amount of weeks and things like that. So these are just... These are such things you have to roll with and then troubleshoot with the school to find a solution to say, right, I can't do it with that certain person. Can I come back in on these days or at this time? Can I come back in at a different time? And you'll find a way around it so that you will have a positive effect ultimately. Um, do I make mistakes? Yes. Okay. But hopefully I'm not making the same mistake over and over and over again. Oh, definitely. Andrea, you sort of the same, just... Well, we, we, we experience lo- lots of the similar challenges that you guys face. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, the little things like, you know, schools with no equipment. You know, they've booked in a, a, a theatre company in the gym and it's in the middle of winter. And where do you go with the kids? I mean, we, we have all those you know, uh, problems, issues, the same as you guys. And, you know, you've just got to get around it. As Johnny's mentioned problem solving, you know, a few times. Um, we wouldn't be, you know, like, again, like the the coordinators and the MAs. I mean, you've, you're, you're dealing with problems and issues constantly. You're having to think on your feet. So, yeah, it's that, that, that kind of job. 
Um, yes, there are challenges with, there are so many personalities when you go into schools. Again, you, you, you work with a variety of different people. Um, Johnny says he doesn't, he loves working with people that, you know, don't like PE. Um, absolutely. And changing their mindset is great, but you'll always get the teachers who, no matter what you do, it wouldn't matter what on earth you did, they still, they're so set, they have that mindset, you know, that negativity. Mm-hmm. And they might just nod and smile and let you go on with it. But really, you wonder sometimes, am I just here to take their their kids? You know, what are they getting out of it? Um, so, yeah, you know, but these are things that you're going to get. There's, there's so many different types of people and personalities. Um, and you just... You just deal. You deal with it in a professional manner. Does it does it frustrate you know? Do you go home and sort of go like I know for the fact that they are not going to go and do that and I've just wasted not wasted because you've been working with the kids and the kids have got something from it, but do you ever go and go that teacher's not bought into that or they're not interested or anything like that? Or do you just go, do you know what? It's just one of those things. Very, very, uh, very, very occasionally. You know I think you have to and it's up to us to find a strategy that they'll buy into. Because mm-hmm. maybe we've presented something in a certain way that doesn't click with them. So what is their what is their click? What is their trigger? Can I tap into what that is so that they get it? So we need to look inwardly first. And maybe it's us that's the problem. Because there, there are many, many different ways that you can present stuff to teachers and to pupils. And maybe they didn't click on it the way that we did it at first so let's find out let's find a solution let's find out what clicks for you so that you can have a better experience definitely definitely no it's just you know what i'm just being the devil's advocate i just wanted to see if if you're going to go no it does or not did you think we were going to name and shame (laughs) that would would have have been excellent listening if we were like no that school that or that time but no of course not and um, obviously a big challenge we've all faced the past year. It's it's been a, the strangest year year and a bit that we've all probably had to face. But for you guys, there's been a lot of good things came out of it. I'm going to talk a bit about the sort of the the online stuff that you've had to do in terms of your role. So the webinars and stuff in particular, Johnny, I know you've been doing some webinars. Do you want to just talk a wee bit about those and sort of how that's been? Yeah, I took um, I took an opportunity um, to try and get some CPD out there that people could use post-COVID, if you know what I mean, mm. um, and was overwhelmed with the the response that we got. Um, I'm very I'm very into something called teaching games for understanding, and um, so my first webinar was on on teaching games for understanding, and it was all to do with how I would set up a school curriculum using this as a, as a backbone for the curriculum, if you'd like. And, and we would work on looking at different, um, how to strip the curriculum down into its essential parts and work at it from a slightly different angle, looking at critical thinking, problem solving and skill development, but all happening in, in a game situation. Um, some great feedback from that one um, and I did it again with Strathclyde University students as well again some really really nice feedback 
moving on from that one or as an extension to that one is the PE curriculum through problem solving. I've been working on this for the last few years and it really looks at children becoming leaders in their own learning and taking responsibility from their own learning. You working in partnership with your class as opposed to you leading the class. Um, it's a, I find it a really, really cool way of, of working with pupils um, and some people have gone on to, to take that on um, even further. Some, some of the schools up in, even in Aberdeen, and make that their core curriculum for their for their their broad general education and PE is now all done through through problem solving approach, and that's a that's a that's a great um, in, endorsement of that this thing can actually work for you. And um, so I did I did the two of them, and I I really enjoyed it. We got some we got some great feedback, but I'm going to be following that up post COVID with face to face. CPD. Now you've seen the theory, you've seen a little bit of video. Let's see what it actually looks like. So I've been planning that for hopefully for August onwards. I, I suppose having the, the webinars, does it give you a, a sort of broader audience that you can target? Because I know you had, um, I can't, I'm really sorry, I can't remember his name, but you had a guest on that was from Teaching Abroad. I was meant to have um, um, Professor uh, Stephen Mitchell was yeah. meant to come on, who is the the guru in problem solving and teaching games for understanding. Unfortunately, it, it didn't happen, but he was there. He was trying to get on and he couldn't log yeah. on. It's yeah. a way that we'd set up the, the teams in, in Glasgow and he, he, not having a glow address, you can't get into certain webinars and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm still in contact with him um, and he's really keen to see how these kind of things progress because um, he's actually from Loughborough. Right, okay. He's actually from Loughborough, but he's now Kent State, um, Associate Dean of Kent State University, um, and that's his big thing. And, um, yeah, that would have been really interesting if he'd managed to get into part of the Q&A. Unfortunately, it didn't come off. But again, I suppose that's the sort of the new online virtual reality that we've got, isn't it? That some things that will work and some things that won't. Andrea, in terms of COVID, how has it affected in terms of your work? What has sort of been your main focus? It's, um, I, I can't deny it's been tough. I mean, our bread and butter is getting out there and working with classes. You know, you're... It's taking the sort of admin side of our job to a completely different level. Um, I haven't been involved in, apart from joining web webinars and pod podcasts, um, I've been more producing support materials for a variety of different things, as a lots of us have been. Um, and I've got to say that my ICT learning curve has been vertical. Um, as long as nothing goes wrong, I'm, I'm fine. But uh, yeah, it's been, some parts of it have been challenging. But I think what I've actually really enjoyed is being, a, being a, afforded the time to be creative. Um, sometimes you do your job um, and you've done it for a long time and you just it just kind of evolves and you sort of, you do the same thing, but you change it and you you 
you make it better. But to actually have time to be creative with things um, has been a wee bit of a, a luxury. I've worked quite closely with Kay, the Director of Development Officer, um, on a couple of a couple of things, the Scottish Country Dance Pack, which has been delayed and delayed, but it is definitely going out. Um, the D2 Dance yep. Project, um, there's a pack going out with, the, with that, so that was great. Um, we've been heavily involved, obviously, with our tile on the Glow Blog. Yep. Um, so we've had to populate that, so gathering all the information for that. Um, and it wasn't just a gathering exercise be because we had to make sure that what we personally had to put on it was as we wanted it to for everybody because anybody can go into our glow blog, yeah. you know, so it's going out there, not just across the city, but literally across mm -hmm. the world, world wide web. Mm -hmm. So we had to make sure that, you know, everything that we, we were in agreement with everything that was going on and what it all looked like and what we were putting forward as our, our thoughts and ideas. Um, because it's, you know, it's the Earth Tile is the primary um, curriculum resources. So we've got to really believe in what we're going to put out there. So there were several discussions about that. Um, but yeah, it's been it's it's been good in some respects and not so good in others. Um, I can't say I haven't been busy. <laughs> um, some days I was uh, I just. There's so much to do in that respect um, and just different, an opportunity to do something different um, was, yeah, at times it was it was fine, but not really what I'm used to or I love to do, yeah. most of all. I, I, you, you guys are so hands-on, I, I could imagine that for us as well, it's been, it's been different. That's the word, I think that's the word that you use, it's different. It's not good and bad, it's different. I'd noted down, I was at speak to Andrea Robertson about the Scottish country dance because my first experience at the Scottish country dance, all I remember was was that you have the guys sort of that's leading the dance and then you had you. And that was when I was, you had you because you loved it. And I always remember, I was like, she's right into that Scottish country dance. <laughs> I always remember that. It's, it's, Jen, it's one of my first things that I remember about being in reactive schools was I was like, Andrea Robertson loved that Scottish So you'll be looking forward to that, obviously, coming back in, and we've got a new a new okay. date for it that sort of will be a bit earlier than normal, so is that one of the things you're looking forward to after things go back to normal? Well, um, I'll probably be there as a guest, Stephen. Right, okay. Um, because I'm retiring in June. Oh, right, okay. Is that, is that an exclusive? I think that's an exclusive. I don't know. Well, it depends who, who you talk to, whether it's an exclusive or not. Okay. Oh, so you'll be coming, well, you'll need to come back as a guest. I'll be coming back as a guest. Yes. Oh. Well, Take me 12 years to get rid of her, Stephen. Is that have you just had enough of Johnny? Is that what it's been? It been? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's it. That's it. I've had enough of him. Well, Johnny, I'll come to you with this one then, because I was going to come to the two of you for it, but Andrea, if you're going to be retiring in June and it's not going to affect you, come. So the webinars and the online stuff, are you going to continue using that, do you think? Or are you going to just go straight back to the, the sort of the face on scene? I think I'll do a blend. Yeah. I think I'll do a blend of, 
of online and face to face where things are are practical uh, in nature. I'll try and do them practically. But where things are theoretical in nature, then I don't need to have people sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. I can do it from, or we can all do it from in front of our laptops and things like that. For example, a few years ago, I did a session on the road to Rio. And that didn't need to be come to St. Mungo's High School, sit in a lecture theatre and do it. So if I'm going to do something similar to that, would it be Tokyo or whatever happens beyond that, then we don't need to do it that way. So theoretical stuff could be done in front of a laptop and practical stuff could be done still in schools. However, I was thinking that if I get the right equipment, then the practical stuff could also be done live online as well. If I get the right camera angles and I get the right microphones, et cetera, et cetera, there's a possibility of that that happening um but we'll see we'll see i don't want to lose face to face with what we've lost enough face to face uh recently um, i don't want to lose it all definitely not definitely not we're almost at the end guys um so i what are you again this is a very i feel that i was very cliche with this right but what are you most looking forward to being able to do once all this is sort of lifted? I know things are starting to lift a wee bit just now, but the normality coming back, what are you most looking forward to? Andrea, I'll come to you first. If you're getting equipment. <laughs> no, that's it. I know. But Andrea, in terms of obviously you've now got your sort of, you'll be retiring. So what are you looking forward to, first of all? What, in, in professionally or in retirement? Oh, well, I mean, I, I think that's okay. <laughs> so, no, just in terms of, like, personally, what are you looking forward to? Um, Gosh, that's a difficult one. Um, <sighs> Go be your arm drum. Get the arm drum yeah, back. Yeah, there's... Just take, take my time to do all the things that I enjoy doing. You know, yeah. not feel as if I'm squeezing everything into a little window of opportunity. You know, um, traveling a bit more, going across to Dubai to see my do- our daughter, um, going to our competitions without sandwiching it in between um, work commitments. Um, gosh, there's a, yeah, maybe a slightly slower pace of life. Um, but knowing me, and Johnny will probably back me up, I'll probably be involved with everything that's going in, in some other respect. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's been a for myself. It's been an incredible journey. Um, actually, you asking me to do this made me sit down and almost reminisce and remember and think about all the things that I've been involved in over the years. Um, and that's been a so thank you. It's been a, a really nice opportunity to sort of go back and say, oh gosh, when I and then when I and then this, you know. And all the kind of, I was looking through your questions and thinking, you know, like what were the highlights of my career? Oh my God, I couldn't even start to, to list. I, and the, the amount of time I've been teaching, there's been so many of them. So it was it was, it was was lovely to do that. But um, yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I've had, I've had a, a, hopefully a very successful career. But um, yeah, while I'm fit and healthy and, able to go on and do things. I think it's uh, 
it's time to move on to new pastures. Yeah, oh, listen, I'm sure everybody that's worked with you and everybody that knows you that you've influenced over the years, whether it's been secondary teaching or in the appeal role, but it's the exact same, that it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, so thank you for I'm booking that. I'm booking that dance for the Scottish Country Dance Festival, Stephen. Yeah, if you are on my dance card. Yeah, that's fine. You had dance card. I'm pretty sure the last one that we had, I was up majority thing with you. So sure, I can squeeze another one in. Absolutely. Excellent. Johnny, what about you? What are you looking forward to? I know you you um, you do a bit of, a bit of rocking, a bit of singing, don't you? You don't. Yeah, forward. I play in a band, and I'm and I'm looking forward to pubs being at full capacity. So we can go out and play Motley Crue songs again. Yes, uh, you know, just have that, have the arts back, mm-hmm. you know, because the arts has really suffered as well as, you know, education and sport and, and things like that. Having having the arts back, because if it wasn't for the arts, lockdown would have been crazy. I mean, all the amount of books you might have read, the amount of music you might have listened to, TV programs that you watch, that's all come from come from the arts. So having having some some of that kind of thing back would be is gonna be great fun. Just great fun. Definitely. Um last question and then I will leave you guys to it. And it's a wee sort of a wee more personal one again. So if you were hosting a dinner party you're the host, and you could pick any three guests to have. Who would you pick? So I'll, I'll go. In fact, I'll, go, I'll let you choose. Who, who, if you've got it in your head, you know, then go for it. Go on, Robbo. You go first. Well, we actually we talked about this in the office, didn't we? And the first person that popped into my head was David Attenborough. Interesting. Just because he's. Well, apart from the fact he's, he's even more ancient than I am, but and he's had so many experiences um, and so knowledgeable on all different levels, I think he would be a great conversationalist yeah. um, and keep the party going. So David Attenborough would be one. Um, I really had to think. I, I actually thought about all the, the sporting icons I could think of in my head, and there's, there's probably way too many so I thought who would be entertaining and I thought Muhammad Ali would be very entertaining Mm -hmm. and been through an awful lot as far as race and you know his his, his life and you know changing his religion and you know the era that he was successful in Um, I'm sure he came up against a lot of barriers Uh, so I I really did think he would be a, a really fun person to have at the dinner table. Uh, I think he's had lots of good stories and you could get a lot of good conversation from him. Um, the last one I actually thought of was not particularly a name, but one of the suffragettes, like Emmeline Pankhurst, because I think as a female, I'd like to her to see how far we've come. I mean, don't get me wrong, females have still got a lot of barriers to break down, especially in sport. Um, but... I think it would be, I think, um, yeah, it would be it would be good to chat, you know, about the differences um, and so from a female perspective, um, it would be good to have somebody like that. So her name kind of came top of the list as, as a suffragette, but it didn't matter who it would be, um, someone like that. That is probably one of mine as well, so extra point for you. Oh, excellent. Johnny, what, Johnny, what about you? I was going to say something like 
Oliver Reed, Keith Moon, and Keith Richards, but I probably wouldn't make it past. <laughs> I probably wouldn't make it past the starter. That would be a liquid dinner, Johnny. I would probably say somebody like, I'd love to pick the brains of somebody like Brian O'Driscoll. Mm-hmm. I think that would be amazing. Um, just looking at some of his stuff on, on YouTube the other day and reminiscing about how good a rugby player he actually was. So maybe him, somebody like Andre Agassi, I was, it was a big influence on my style and the way that he, he played tennis and stuff like that. And... Thirdly, it'd have to be somebody like, oh, Jimi Hendrix. Mm, yeah, big, 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 you've got a big influence with music. Yeah, I could imagine that. That would be a. That would be huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think we'd all get on. We'd all get on great, and it'd be a lovely evening. Aye, definitely. I tell you, if if you ever have day parties and you invite me, I know Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> That's obviously a bit more difficult to get along, but. This was a loaded. This was a loaded question because neither of us said Stephen Thompson. You know what? I'm not, I'm not offended by it. I'm not offended by it, but it's, it'll be noted. It'll be noted. Um, no, listen. Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved having you on and hearing your stories and hearing about sort of your your journey into where you are just now. Um, and it's been a, a, a great sort of a bit a bit that we've had. So thank you very much. Um, Obviously, this is the first episode, so if you've been listening to it and you're, or you're watching it, then keep an eye out for future episodes and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, anyway, apart from that, guys, have a wonderful Friday and I'll see you soon, hopefully, before Andrea, before you're away anyway, we'll be able to see you before you go. Oh, I want to go out with the firecrackers, the balloons, the... I, I tell you, I'm not going quietly. We'll meet you on. We'll do a, a, a guard of honour out of, out of Ladywell. No, Hockey sticks. The whole team, that's it, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks Stephen. Thank you. Thank Bye. You.